The Keep Birth Wild podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land, sky and waters on which this project is produced, and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. We extend this respect to all First Nations people on whose country we live, birth and raise children. We acknowledge the ongoing leadership, resilience and commitment of First Nations people who continue to fight for their right to safe and culturally appropriate experiences of pregnancy, birth and postpartum, and we commit to continuing to explore our own role in that journey. Lastly, we honour and celebrate the ancient birthing knowledge and practices that have existed on this country for thousands of years. May this wisdom continue to nurture life for many generations to come. Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. In this episode I'm speaking to Maggie. Maggie describes herself as a birth keeper and postpartum doula, supporting and advocating for raw, embodied, intuitive birth. Her offerings are centred around deeply acknowledging pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period as a transformational time that deserves to be celebrated and honoured through all seasons. And her passion and wisdom certainly come across in her sharing of her two birth stories. Maggie's first son was born at home through a publicly funded midwifery program at her local hospital. While there was a few things she would change, she was really happy overall with her birth and the care that she was provided through that program. Just over a month ago, Maggie had an early birth at just 13 weeks gestation. Her sharing of this birth is raw and honest and it really demonstrates her amazing ability to sit with what is and embrace the highs and lows that parenthood takes us on. A little content note here for anyone who might find it difficult to hear descriptions of miscarriage and grief, this episode might not be for you. Hi Maggie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to speak to you, been trying to line this one up for a little while, so it's really exciting to finally be here with you. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I feel... um yeah, super grateful to be here. I'm really looking forward to jumping into our chat. Um, would you like to start by sharing a little bit about yourself? And um, I know you've got one Earthside baby and um, one early baby as well. Would you like to share about your family and your two babies? Yes, I'd love to. Um, so I am a birth keeper and a postpartum doula. Um, I facilitate Mama Blessing Circles and I um, run women's central movement events. So a lot of my work is really centred about um, honouring women uh, as they journey through um, different stages of their their life and really honouring those rites of passage, especially through pregnancy, birth and um, postpartum. So, yeah, my family and I, um, we've been based in Newcastle for the last five or so years and um, we just recently relocated up to northern New South Wales. So we've just landed um, on an eight-acre property just outside of Yamba. So, yeah, really exciting um, new stuff happening for us. Hmm, beautiful. Yeah. So going back to your first pregnancy, would you like to share how that pregnancy came about, whether it was a planned conception or, um, yeah, how you were feeling kind of in those 
early moments of finding out that you were pregnant? Yeah, so um, I always knew that I'd be a young mum. I've always really uh, gravitated towards um, babies and I've worked with kids since I finished school. Um, so yeah, it definitely wasn't a planned pregnancy, um, but when it happened, it just felt really right to um, move with it and allow the little spirit to come through. So yeah, it was definitely a surprise for my partner and I. I um, had only just moved from um, Sydney up to Newcastle to be with him and we'd been together for probably probably a year or so. So it was, um, yeah, very new but also really excited. We were both really, really excited and, um, yeah, really just took it in our stride to, to do the best that we could together to um, allow the spirit to come through and to have a baby together. Hmm. And how was that first kind of first trimester? Was that, did you have any symptoms or morning sickness or anything come up? I actually, I really didn't have much morning sickness. Like I was a little bit nauseous, but um, yeah, going, reflecting on my last pregnancy to my first pregnancy, um, it was so different. My first pregnancy, I found out a lot. I think I was a little bit in denial, like my period came late and I, saying to myself like oh no no you know it's not I had a bit of um, like light bleeding and I thought that that was my period so I think I was just kind of you know thinking that it wasn't happening so I didn't it wasn't until about nine weeks that I actually went and um, got a pregnant had a pregnancy test um, and I was away actually with my girlfriends we were up in Byron um, and we were about to go to a music festival together for the weekend and I just said to my best friend, we, we drove up the coast together and I said to her, like, I definitely, I'm definitely pregnant. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, I know that I am. Um, so, yeah, I ended up getting a pregnancy test when I was up there and came back positive. So it was a really um, different experience being away from my partner. For, I didn't see him for like an extra week. Um, also after that so I had a lot of time to just sit with it and um, yeah it definitely was a bit of a shock but it was I also felt in my body it was really excited because I knew that it was just going to be I was up for a huge journey. Hmm. Did you did you let your partner know over the phone or did you wait until you got home? Yeah, I let him. Know. I let him know. I couldn't keep it to myself. I wanted to, just so that <laughs> I could just like sit with the news for a little bit and just really see how I was feeling. But yeah, I, I had to share it with him. So I think it was really nice because we both got an opportunity to just be with ourselves and just really, um, you know, think before we came together to um, yeah talk about what was going on and what was happening. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of nice, especially with an unplanned pregnancy when you're fairly young, you get to have that kind of first initial reaction to yourself. And Yeah, I just, it was just so crazy that like, I knew in my body at that point that I was pregnant. I just remember being up in Byron and um, we were out at Belongal Beach and I was, we just laid in the, me and my girlfriends just laid in the sunshine for the day and um, yeah, I just remember floating in the ocean, just having like full body feelings of like, oh wow, like I'm I'm growing a new life in my body. This is insane. Mm. Yeah. And um, did you? So you opted to have a home birth with your first. How, what sort of led you to that place, and how did you 
I mean, really, how did you come to know that home birth was an option? Because most women um, kind of are not aware during their first pregnancy that that's an option or are not told. So, yeah, how did you come to choose home birth and then go on to find a care provider? Yeah, so I was born at home. Um, my mum had all four of her babies at home. Ah, that will do it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I fell pregnant, it just wasn't really an option to go anywhere else. I just knew straight away that I was going to have a home birth. Um, yeah, it just felt that's what felt right. And I I think even like my partner, he didn't really know that much about it. But after I had told him that I'd been born at home and he was just like, yeah, great, cool, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Um, and luckily enough, we, you know, were in Newcastle at the time and Newcastle has um, like a publicly funded um, home birth centre or a birthing centre where the midwives there will support you at home as well. Um, so I ended up going and seeing a GP, um, my GP at the start of my, when I got back from my trip up in Byron and she put me in contact with the Belmont Birthing Group here in, um, in Newcastle. So I got in to see them and yeah, it was amazing. Like I didn't even, at that point I hadn't even really looked into the costs or anything um, that were associated with having like a private midwife and what the options were. It was just amazing to just have it right there that we could have that at home and um, yeah, not really have to pay for it at all. Mm, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. And how did you find the care through them? Did you, um, I think that to stay in that program, you have to have some tests done and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. How did you find your experience of that? And did, yeah, I'm curious to know, I guess, if there was any kind of sacrifices that you had to make in terms of your care to be able to stay in the program or if you were, um, yeah, really happy with it. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I'd probably do things a little bit different next time. Like I'm, I feel I'm really grateful for having the care that I had with them, and um, like I had a beautiful midwife that I met at, I think around like two, probably two weeks after I got back. So I was probably around three months, um, and we journeyed with her the whole way through our pregnancy, which was really nice because at this stage I didn't really know a whole lot about like continuity of care and actually having the same midwife, I thought that was quite normal for most people to have that. Um, so, yeah, we journeyed with her through basically throughout our whole pregnancy, which was really nice because we were really able to get to know her and she was able to get to know us as well. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely, like I did have quite a few scans and I had um, a low-lying placenta at the start of my pregnancy, which kind of led to have led me to have more scans. Um, and I definitely, yeah, you do, I, I feel like you do have to kind of fit into a box um, within that care. Like you've got to be low risk and everything. You've got to be ticking off what they want you or need you to have, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And how was the rest of your pregnancy? Did you have um, any health concerns or um, or anything unusual come up or how were you feeling through the rest of your pregnancy? Yeah, I had a really good pregnancy. I loved being pregnant. I just relished in my body growing and expanding and it just felt so sensual and just so comfortable in my skin. Um, so, yeah, I really – it was – I had – obviously I was pregnant um, over winter, so – 
I, yeah, just like lived in my partner's big baggy jumpers and <laughs> Ugg boots and just, yeah, we did lots. We spent a lot of time in nature and went camping a lot and um, I actually wasn't working through my pregnancy, which was at the start I was a little bit um, just caring for, um, I was doing some nannying work at that point, um, but I did have a lot of free time to just spend time in nature and spend time with my partner and sleep and yeah that was really nice I remember feeling quite guilty through my pregnancy being like oh this is I feel like I'm sleeping a lot but now that I look back I'm so grateful that I got that time because I honestly don't know how people work like right up until they give birth (laughs) I know growing a baby is so tiring it's It's exhausting I just slept so much (laughs) like I'd wake in the morning late and then wake up um you know, go back to sleep in the afternoons. And, like, I know not everyone has the privilege to be able to not work. Um, But, yeah, I feel like there should definitely be some sort of considerations put into place around pregnancy and women that need to go to work because I, yeah, would have really, really struggled, I think, to actually show up in a space day in, day out. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) That's good to catch up on that sleep before you have a new one. Oh, I remember, like... After what I had him, I just remember, like, thanking myself, like, thanking the universe for actually giving me that time and space to actually sleep prior to having a newborn and um, the uninterrupted sleep that comes with that. Yeah. And, yeah, heading into kind of the final weeks of your pregnancy, how were you feeling and how many weeks were you when labour started? So I was 40 weeks and nine days. (laughs) which is, you know, classified in mainstream society as way overdue. Um, But I knew within my body that, like, I was fine and my baby was fine and that um, he or she would come when they were ready. Um, But it did start to get a little bit stressful towards the end because um, birthing in in, uh, with the midwifery team that I went with, you can only go up to, they will only support you up until 42 weeks at home. Um, so if you go over that, basically you have to go to the hospital and birth there. So, mm. yeah, coming up to those, like after I hit 40 weeks, um, like it was starting to warm up. So I remember how, like I was still, I was moving my body and getting outside a lot and spending some time in the at the beach. But it was definitely like I was needing to see my midwife more often and I was going in, I had to get um, some CTG scanning around the, the end just to see, like they wanted to definitely monitor me and see how I was going and where I was at basically for the last week. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, which was quite, yeah, a little bit invasive, but I think for myself I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, all right, well, if I go over 42 weeks, then I'm just going to birth at home without them. So that was like a whole other thing because my partner was like, are you sure? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not planned to go to hospital. I'm not ready to go to hospital. I just, it's not a space that I want to go to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Did you try any kind of um, natural techniques or anything to, to kick labour off or were you content to um, the baby? Yeah, we did. Well, I guess so. Like we did... Like I ate hot foods and I was walking a lot. I did a lot of stair um, walks. My partner and I were having a lot of sex. Um, 
yeah, we, I, I wasn't doing anything like intentionally to bring the baby on, but I could feel myself in those final, in that final week or so getting like a little bit stressed about, um, you know, not, not being able to have my home birth. So, yeah. Mm. So when labour did kick off at um, 40 and nine days, how did things get started? Um, so we, we went out in the morning. Um, my mum had been with us. She came up from Melbourne to stay with us. Um, and she, my sister was actually going to be, we were like three weeks apart, so she was birthing down in Melbourne. Um, so my mum kind of needed to be here and then she had to go back down to my sister's birth in Melbourne. Um, so mum ended up being here for quite a while prior. We tried to kind of link it up so that she would come and have a bit of time before and after, but she was here for like two weeks before. Um, so, yeah, I, we went out for breakfast to our favourite little cafe in the morning and um, my partner went off to teach his classes at his gym and I went home. I was feeling quite quite sore in my just in my hips and just felt like I needed to go and rest and lay down and went upstairs into our bedroom and um, I ended up laying my yoga mat out and I was kind of just sitting on my knees and just started to I started to move my hips like in a circle motion and I was doing that for probably maybe 10 to 15 minutes just going back and forth um, both ways and then I like I just felt this leak of water come out um, which was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a shock. It wasn't like a big gush of water, but I, like enough for me to think like, oh, what was that? Um, so yeah, I went, ended up getting up, and I went to the bathroom, and um, I could see that I'd like lost a little bit of like fluid, and um, could see a little bit of my mucus plug um, in my knickers. So I just put a pad on and went back into my bedroom, and um, just like got back down into the same position, and just started. Yeah, circling my hips again and then I had more fluid come so I think at this point I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I was like okay yep I think things are definitely starting um, and yeah it just kind of progressed from that point on I after I had um, those few gushes of fluid um, release from my body I started to have some light tightenings around um, my low abdomen and yeah, I I remember going downstairs and my mum was just waiting at the bottom of the stairs. It was like she knew something was going on and she was, just looked at me and I said, oh, like I think it's happening. And she was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, I called my partner and um, you know, it was like after you've been waiting for so long, it's just like, oh, it's like go time. It's all like so exciting. So he... Um, yeah, came home from work and I just remember going into like our birth space. We'd set up a beautiful birth space in our lounge room. Um, and yeah, I just remember putting the blinds down and lighting all my candles. Um, I sat at my old, like my birth altar and just set an intention. Um, yeah, I was just like slowly getting things ready um, in the space and just moving really slow and just allowing myself to really feel into um, what was to come. So, yeah, that, that kind of progressed into um, things just kept going from there. I, I think I lost a little bit more fluid um, 
and then yeah the tightenings in my belly just started to get stronger and um, more frequent and I actually gravitated towards um, the front room in our house which didn't like wasn't set up in any way it was just like I had the blinds down and it was just our spare bedroom and I just sat in there for probably close to four hours on my own um, on the yoga mat and my mom and my partner would just come in and check on me and then come out but I was just such a vital part of um, my labor was just having the time and space on my own in that room to just really focus on my breath and go inward um, and I think you know both my mum and my partner they they knew that I needed that time so they really gave me that time to just do what I needed to do and they knew that I would call out to them if I needed them or if I you know wanted some water or so yeah, I just spent those early hours just going from like from the bed to like my hands and knees and just breathing that whole time was literally just spent focusing on like my breath and what breath was going to help me to get through the next however many hours. Mm, amazing. It sounds like you did a really beautiful job of kind of tuning into that need to be unobserved and um on your own while things kind of yeah got started yeah and I, I really thought that I would want to be like in the births and I, I did move to there but I I was just I definitely felt like a cat you know going into like a dark room um in the other at the other end of the house like I just wanted privacy like I obviously didn't mind when they came in but I must have just been like expelling an energy of like just leave me like I'm just really happy and content being here on my own like allow me to breathe through this and really feel into this so um, yeah it was really nice to be in that space and have that time to do that. Mm, absolutely and yeah from there um, yeah I guess how did things progress through your labour from there and at what point did you feel like you needed to call your midwife? Yeah, so I had spoken to my, like, earlier in the day. Um, so I had started, like, my fluid kind of started leaking at about, I think, 11 a.m. or around that time. Um, and I did contact my midwife um, there at that point um, and just I actually feel like I've missed a massive part of the story. <laughs> That's so, right. You're back. So in those final weeks of my pregnancy, my midwife um, – I was like nine days overdue she actually was going away so she told us that she was going on holiday um so she had actually sorted out another midwife to support us um in my birth at my birth and he was actually a man so it was a man midwife um and I had seen him once or twice throughout my pregnancy he had come with her once um to do like that come and just dropped some things off in our space and I'd seen him once before as well and he was like such a cool dude and ended up being amazing that we had him because I feel like he was actually who we needed in the space. Um, so he was actually the one that I contacted on the day because she had gone away to New Zealand mm. um, and he was so great. Like he just allowed us to do our thing. He was just like, okay, yep, I can come over if you need me but if you don't need me then that's fine too. Um so I, like, when I was in the front room and I'd probably gone through about four hours of just breathing and doing my own thing, I really, like, the 
back up, starting to definitely starting to intensify. Um, so I got my partner, like I could, I could got him to fill up the birth pool out in the lounge room. Um, and yeah, I was just remember sitting in the front room, just thinking like, oh, it's going to be so nice to get into this water. Like I knew at that point that I needed something more. Like I could feel that things were starting to shift and really starting to get um, a bit more serious. So when the birth pool was filled up, I just kind of melted into the into the water and stayed there for quite a while. <laughs> um, and I yeah, at this stage, I don't really know if it. Um, slowed things down um, but it definitely was what I needed at that point in time so um, yeah I laboured in the water for a little bit and then um, I met my midwife did he came over um, to just see us and I remember him just coming in and yeah he wasn't really like asking me any questions or anything like that he was just kind of observing and just um you know waiting for me to talk to him if I needed to um and at this point I had some really really bad back pain so I was like really struggling to even communicate with um with my partner or or with the midwife at all and I was just trying to tell them that I had really bad back pain but the contractions were just coming quite frequent and I was just in and out I just felt like I was like going off into another another land and then coming back and I would try to like speak to them in the time that I came back but then by the time I got out of that I was gone somewhere else <laughs> um so I ended up opting to have the water injections placed in my back um and prior to actually being there in that at that point I had no idea what the water injections even were um but my midwife like was trying to explain to me what they were and I was really um, not wanting them because I had, you know, I, I just wanted to have a natural birth and I didn't actually know what they were. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, I haven't done my research about these. I don't know anything about these. And he was trying to explain to me what they were at that point. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I ended up having them and they were, they really helped. They were amazing. They, like, completely took my back pain away and really allowed me to step into a space of then being able to focus on my front because I was kind of struggling with the contractions coming and they were so tight in the front but the back pain was just like shooting up my spine mm. um so I just felt a bit ungrounded and all over the place I was like oh isn't it meant to be here why is it there too <laughs> um so yeah, they really helped get. They really helped me to get rid of um, the back pain, but they were so, so, so painful. Like, oh, yeah, my partner says that he's never seen me in that much. Like, actually having them put into my back, he's, he's never seen me in so much like screaming in so much pain. Oh, I've heard that. <laughs> so horrible. Like, and but it's it was just hard because it was like they really helped, but they were really painful to get in. Um. But from that point on, I was actually allowed, like, I, it actually enabled me to lay down for, like, half an hour and actually rest, which was really nice at that stage. Mm. Um, so I just remember laying down and had a towel over me and, um, like, I had a little ground mattress set up for when, if I needed to get out of the pool or um, for after Bub came and... Yeah, I remember getting like a little half an hour stint of just like the contractions were still coming, but it was just felt so 
less painful because I didn't have that horrible pain in my back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I opted. I had, like, written in my birth plan that I didn't want anyone to come meet. Like, I didn't want to have any um, monitoring through my labour. I didn't want to be checked. But at that point I was just like, please check me. I want to know <laughs> where I'm at. I want to know if I've, like, um, you know, how much longer I've got to go. But I was also really like a bit nervous about what they were going to tell me because I was just thinking to myself like if they don't tell if they only tell me that I'm at this point and I've you know been through all of this already like I don't know if I can can cope with that um but at that point I was actually like seven and a half eight centimeters dilated so yeah it gave me like the motivation and inspiration to just keep going I was like yes like I can do it like I'm so close to getting where I needed you know where I need to get um Mm, so yeah Yeah, and once you'd once you'd checked and you kind of and you realized you were seven and a half centimeters how did things progress from there were you still in the birth pool at that point so I was so I ended up getting checked like just after I had the water injections and I laid down for about half an hour um and then I asked if I could be checked and he was really like, oh, he was really um, compassionate in the way of being like, are you sure you want this? You did tell me that, you know, you do have in your birth plan that you didn't want this, which I thought was really nice of him. But I was like, yes, just listen to me. Like, I, want, I definitely want this. Um, and so, yeah, it was all done really like respectfully and my partner laid down with me and um, after that, we ended up getting back in the birth pool and my midwife, I think he just kind of knew that from this point on things were just going to go from like down to up quite quickly. Um, so he was like, I'm just going to go home. I'll be down the road. He, he had like, um, he only lived about 10 minutes away and he was just going to go home and spend the afternoon and have dinner with his family, which was so nice because we really like didn't, like need him to be there it was just he would have just been an extra person in the space Mm. um so I was super happy for him to to go home and do what he needed to do so he ended up coming over at I think like two o'clock in the afternoon and he stayed for maybe like 40 minutes and did what um you know what I needed and then he went home and then he didn't come back to about um I think like 8 30 so um yeah from that point on I just labored in the pool and things got pretty intense and um yeah the contractions were just like taking me like completely out of my body like it was a very out of body experience and very psychedelic and yeah I just remember thinking to myself like I'm like felt quite disassociated from my body like it was just like a very instinctual primal like my body's doing what it needs to do and if I try and resist it and if I try and hold on to something then it's going to make it harder because I was just being taken I just felt like I was being taken for a ride like I was just (laughs) going um Mm. so yeah like after a couple of hours of, of that um, started to get dark outside and I started to do the, like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I just want to run away. Like, I've had enough. Um, 
and Jacob, my partner, got into the birth pool and he was like sitting behind me and really just like holding. He just reminded me of like a big tree like behind me and I was just like leaning back on him and his roots were just like holding me as my body just transcended. And, um, yeah, it felt like at that point as as transition was approaching, literally my contractions felt like electricity going from head to toe, um, which was, yeah. Pretty intense, very, very intense. So intense. And, um, yeah, also really amazing that your midwife was, um, you know, happy to leave you to it and and do it on your own if, you know, if you had everything you needed. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, when we first find it, found out that our um, fit that the female midwife we had was leaving, we were a bit like, oh, of course this happens. But I think it actually ended up that he was exactly who we needed in the space. Like he was so hands-off and so respectful and like he just trusted birth, you know, and he trusted me. Like he was sometimes so chill. Like when he came back later in the evening, he was so chilled that I remember thinking to myself like, oh, like can't, why is he so chilled? <laughs> can't you see what I'm going through? Um. So, yeah, he was really great and I think it was really nice to even have, like, my – even though I hadn't seen him very much through my pregnancy, like, I still had my preferences there in, in writing and he was able to read through those and, you know, like, say to me, like, are you sure this is what you want, which was really nice to have that. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was in the birth pool and, like, definitely, like, transition was approaching. Like, I was, you know, a lot of women will say around that that stage that they can't do it and it's too hard and um yeah I just felt like things were just getting so 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 intense like every time a contraction would come I would just I I had a lot I could feel that I was holding on to fear in my body as the contractions were coming at that point because they were just coming so regularly and um yeah I remember reaching down um and I could just feel something like in, like I put my hand down there and I could feel something like just inside my vagina. Um, and I just said, like, you've got to call the midwife because I think this baby's coming really soon. Um, so, yeah, they called him and he ended up coming, I think, yeah, like 8.30, 9 o'clock and um, Cole was born at about 10.40. Mm. So, yeah, it t- still took a little while. Like from me, actually, like it was his head, like it was his head that I was feeling, but it still took a little while from that point. Um, yeah, so, so I imagine he, your midwife got there fairly quickly after you called. Um, once he'd arrived, did he do any checks or or did anything change then or, um, yeah, yeah, how did things play out? Yeah, he didn't do – there was no checks. Um he just kind of came in and was looking at me saying, like, great, yep, you're doing exactly, your body's doing exactly what it needs to be doing. Um, and I was pretty, like, I didn't, I don't even really remember him coming in, to be honest. Like, I like was so, I was completely in, a, in another world at this point. Um, and it just, yeah, so important at that stage of, of birth. Um, for a woman to be so held in that time because you are so out of your body. Like Jacob, my partner, was in the pool with me at that at that stage and he was sitting behind me and he was fully holding my body as it, you know, went where it needed to go. Um, 
and I just I remember feeling in that time like even as the midwife came because I had um as their policies are like another midwife has to come as well um and I just don't even really remember much of that so I just like it's so crazy that you're there and you're experiencing this and other people are coming into your space but also you're just so in your own world. Um, so, mm. yeah, at, at that stage um, he came and, yeah, within I feel like within, I don't really know time timing at this point, to be honest, <laughs> but I remember my, my contractions started to get to like a point where I was just... Um, naturally starting to to push like I could just feel like my body was starting to just grunt and it was just became very from this point on it just became very very primal um and I remember feeling like I needed to go to the toilet um and yeah like I just things actually started to feel really good all of a sudden like I just could just like I could feel like the power like my body was starting to naturally just bear down um, and I was telling, I told my midwife, I said, oh, you know, I'm feeling like I'm pushing. And he said, well, like, if that's what your body needs to do, then allow it to do, you know, allow it to do that. So, yeah, I did. I just started doing that. And, um, yeah, it started to feel really nice to actually have a bit more control because I felt really for there was probably like a good hour around the time of transition that I felt really like had no control over my body at all which was really it was a little bit scary to be honest (laughs) Mm. um so yeah I started my body started to push um like naturally like I I don't I can't even really call it pushing at this stage it was more of like a grunting bear like a bearing down um a lot of pressure um so I was just going with that I was just allowing my body to do that and kind of giving you know, um, small pushes in between. Um, and then I was doing that for a little bit um, and they suggested that I get into a different position. So I, I turned around um, to face my partner and was kind of in a, a squat over him. Um, and I was I had my hand down between my legs and I was really like, I, I knew that I, I, I was really conscious of not wanting to just, like, push the baby's head out really fast because um, I had a lot of fear around tearing. Um, so I really had, like, my hand down there and was just feeling what was going on and I could feel bubs, um, like, head starting to, to crown. Um, so, yeah, it started to get that burning sensation and um, as I changed positions that definitely helped um, bring his head out and I just remember feeling all his hair like floating in the water mm. um, and I just kept my hand down there and just really allowed like I could, I could feel like him going like in and then he would come back out a bit and then I could feel him going in which was really hard in that time but I think that's what I really needed so that it wasn't just super forceful. Um, so as, like, the contraction would come, I would just allow him to really just push and, like, come out in the way that he needed and I just had my hand there to support. Um, and at this stage, like, my midwives were around the pool and they did have, like, a mirror under me and they had, like, some lighting and things, um, like some torches to see what was going on. And then so I pushed his head, I pushed the baby's head out and... Um, 
which was, yeah, pretty wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I had maybe two or three contractions that came after that and his body still, the baby's body still didn't come out. And at that stage, I didn't really think that anything was wrong. Like I, yeah, like reflecting on it, I don't know if I maybe would have if things didn't move quickly after that. Um, but they got me, after having two contractions after the head was born, they got me to move positions. They're like, okay, put your, one of your legs up. So I was still in that squat position holding onto my partner in the pool um, and I put one of my legs up and, like, I had another contraction and the body still didn't follow and I think at that point they were like, okay, you've got to get out of the pool. Like, he's, he's stuck. Um, so, yeah, everything started to get really blurry from this point on. I don't think it was very much time but I don't have much recollection of of really like I I just remember saying like no I'm not getting out and they were like you've got to get out and they just picked me up from underneath my arms and like Bub's head was already out at this point so my partner tells the story the best because he actually saw like he was standing behind me so he saw the baby's head and eyes open like before (laughs) anyone else um, and they got me out of the pool and they put me onto the mattress that was next to um, next to the pool. And at this stage they didn't, I don't think they even said like, oh, he's stuck. They were just like in there like we need to get you out. Um, and then I just remember them putting, they just said to me, oh, this might hurt a little bit. And they put like pressure on my pubic, um, like my lower pubic area and um yeah, he just the baby just came out and he was placed on my on my chest, and um, yeah, I just I think at this stage I, I definitely wasn't there right now. Like it took me a little bit to come back because I had had no idea what what had really just happened in that point. Like I went from feeling like oh, okay, I'm about to birth him to just like oh, quick get out. It was really rushy and um, yeah, so. Mm, amazing how how was those first few moments after he was put on your chest yeah it was it was so beautiful it took me it did take me a little bit um to come back down to earth I definitely felt like I was um yeah floating for a little while um but he was there and like that once I had known that he was safe like they had said like he was just a little bit his shoulder was a little bit stuck and um he had a bit of water on his um and his lungs and so yeah they put him on my chest and yeah we just laid there for maybe like we were together for probably about an hour or so just laying there and um feeling into it all and it was yeah like nothing I'd ever really experienced before having this little earthly creature that I'd been growing in my body for you know over nine months and like they're just finally there and it's just so like oh, it's like a breath of, breath of fresh air <laughs> yeah all the hard work <laughs> yeah yeah and was the placenta born during that time or or did that come to follow afterwards um so yeah I ended up laying there for a while and we had skin to skin and we were just like looking at all these beautiful well we, we realized that he was a boy and that that was a beautiful surprise because we didn't find out um and then I like we waited for the cord to stop pulsing um and that was probably that probably took like half an hour or so for all the blood to be gone out of it um 
and then we cut the cord. Um, and yeah, I remember thinking to myself that I didn't want to get up, but my midwife wanted me to get up to birth my placenta. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of reflecting kind of around this part of my birth, especially because I'd do it really differently next time and would probably say, nope, I'm not getting up. I don't want to get up. I'm not ready yet. Um, but I ended up probably about an hour, probably 45 minutes after I gave birth um, and after we'd cut the cord, I got up and um, I ended up birthing the placenta on the toilet. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a little bit rushed and um, not really on my terms, which is something that I have would definitely do different next time. There was a little bit of cord traction um, from my midwife, um, which I didn't really know a whole lot about then, but I know a lot more about it now. Um, but yeah, the placenta came out and everything was fine. I didn't had it have any bleeding and I didn't have any, um, like I didn't tear. I just had a really slight graze. Um, so yeah, after that, I, Jacob had some time, um, with our baby and I went and had a shower and I just remember being in the bathroom in the hot shower and just like giving myself a pat on the back. I was just so stoked <laughs> and so proud of myself for just birthing a human. Like I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe that I, I'd actually done it. Mm, so um, amazing. Yeah, and then it was like such a beautiful, like I remember having my mum there and like I just remember like witnessing her become you know, like I'm her youngest and witnessing her youngest become a mother and she like dressed me out when I got out of the shower and helped me put like a pad in my undies and put my knickers on because I was just so tender and um, that was a really beautiful part of it as well, just having her there in the bathroom after just such a huge thing. Mm, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've had an opportunity yet to listen to the second part of Steffi's episode. I think I might have sent you a link to it. Um, with, that's the one where she talks about her stillborn baby or her miscarriage. Mm, um, I haven't but, listened to it yet. Yeah, in, after that she has her last son, so it's in the same episode. She shares the story of her youngest son, Manu, and she had a similar, similar sort of thing with the placenta not coming out and she actually, yeah, she shares really beautifully how she had this moment where she sort of the midwife went to intervene and then she realised that she could do it on her own and so she shares like quite, you know, like um, descriptively and, and beautifully about how she um, used her own hands and her own kind of intuition to, to manually assist her placenta in coming out. I think that you would really love it. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Mm. Yeah, but um, heading back to postpartum and kind of the early days with that, with your brand new little baby, how how did things go and how was your um, initiation with breastfeeding? Um, so we had a lot of focus around. Um, we didn't have a lot of family in. Um, New so yeah, our breastfeeding, um, our breastfeeding journey, like. From what, like, obviously I had nothing to um, kind of come up against, but, yeah, I feel like it all went quite well for us. I remember in those early weeks having 
like sore cracked nipples that were quite painful, um, especially on one side, which I think now that I've learned a little bit more, um, you know, like he just wasn't latching properly on one side. Um, But, yeah, I didn't really like do – I didn't have a whole lot of postpartum care in terms of um, like – I think the midwife came and I had a midwife from um, the Belmont group come and come maybe once or twice after um, he was born and, yeah, like it definitely wasn't like anything too special. Um, It was kind of just like, hey, how are you going? How's breastfeeding? Like, you know, a little bit of a look at him feeding and then like, oh, yeah, you're going really well, keep going. Like it was very... um, yeah, not not anything. Like I didn't have a whole lot of support and I definitely would get more um, next time around. Um, but we did have one thing that kind of saved us in those, those early weeks is we did have a really big focus on um, doing the first 40 days. So I think I stayed inside for, um, like I went out onto my back deck and things like that, but we didn't have really any visitors other than my mum who stayed for a week after I gave birth and my partner's mum who came up and visited. Um, But we didn't have any visitors other than that for the first five weeks, um, which was really nice. Like I, I was really passionate about not having anyone hold our baby other than us and I was really passionate about not having like scents and smells and perfumes and any of that stuff like I didn't use soap to even wash my own body for the first couple of weeks and um I just really wanted I I wanted to have that nest and that special little sanctuary for us to just like get breastfeeding underway and um just sleep and rest and just like relish in in him which was really nice and I'm glad that we definitely did that um, so I had, yeah, pre-cooked food and, um, my mother-in-law cooked mm-hmm. some amazing food for us as well. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just really focused those early weeks on, on breastfeeding and, um, lots of skin to skin, lots of warming foods. Um, yeah, mm. we, we didn't do a whole lot, <laughs> which was nice. That's amazing because I think, uh, you know, it seems to be the case that a lot of times, especially with the first baby, all of the focus is on the pregnancy and and maybe the birth and postpartum sort of gets left out of it. Was there anything, um, you know, anything in particular that you did to prepare that that you feel like helped prepare you for postpartum and what you were going to need? Um, At that stage, I feel like, like since then I've, you know, done my doula course and things. I've learned so much more. But it was quite intuitive. Like I I just, I don't know, like I just didn't really, like I started reading the first 40 days in the final weeks of, of pregnancy, which definitely helped because I was reading it to my partner as well and he was on board, which I think was a massive part of it um, because he knew what I wanted and he was going to be like my support per. He was basically my support person he was off work for the first I think six weeks or something and he owned his own business at the time so he was very flexible with that um but yeah I just my main after reading this like bits and like parts of the first 40 days I really just had a lot of um like I wanted I knew that I wanted that nest I wanted to have food cooked so that we didn't have to worry about that um, and yeah, I was just didn't want to have to be dealing with people in my space um, and having to like entertain anyone, and all of that just felt like really 
I don't know, it just felt really intuitive and normal. Like I just knew that that's what we wanted. Um, so that's just what we did. But I think as well we didn't have much family around. So like I didn't really have people knocking on the door to come and see us all the time. But I did slowly let people come in after probably, um, yeah, the first five weeks. I started to have some friends and when they came they would just bring food and, um, you know, they'd clean up the space after they were in there. And, yeah, I definitely wasn't entertaining anyone in that time. Mm, that's so great. Yeah. Um, and we might we might dive into your next pregnancy just in the interest of time. Um, what was the age difference or um, how old was your son when you fell pregnant the second time? So Koa is, um, so we've just had an early birth probably in the last, it's been it's quite recent, uh, in the last month, so in November, um, so Koa was three with the age gap. He would have been close to four by the time um, the new baby would have come along. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've had a pretty crazy couple of months, um, prep, like, preparing to um, my partner left his business, um, handed over his business, and we were relocating up to, to Yamba. Um, so, yeah, we've been busily packing and, um, you know, doing all the things that come with moving, like a big move. Um, so I fell pregnant um, and we were planning to have a baby as well. Like we had, like we definitely were calling in a, a spirit for a little while and I felt like a feminine energy around me and, um, yeah, we were so excited to be welcoming a little sibling for Koa. Um, and yeah, we like definitely planned conception. Um, I felt pregnant and the first couple of weeks were really like after about six weeks, I was quite sick. Um, I was literally couldn't get off the couch. I had horrible morning sickness. Um, I couldn't eat barely any healthy food or like good nourishing food. Um, yeah, it was just so different to my pregnancy with Koa that it was a bit of a shock because we were also, um, yeah, like getting ready to pack up our house and move and it just felt like everything was just like hitting me all at once. Yeah, um, intense. Attending to a toddler as well, like in that time, was just like a whole other thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Had you, um, I like I'm guessing that because you were moving you hadn't kind of found a care provider or engaged with any midwives yet, is that right? No. Oh, well, I actually had. I, I had a doula that I was planning on having at my birth um, that I'd been in contact with, like a beautiful sister um, that was going to, yeah, be there. And I had actually contact, I had been in contact with a midwife um from northern New South Wales, a bit closer to the area that we were moving to. But nothing had really been, like, set in stone at that stage, but I definitely had my fillers out there for people, like, I for people that I wanted to have there in the space. Okay. Um, but we were also planning to do a wild pregnancy, so I didn't plan on having any scans. or I hadn't, prior to this point, I hadn't had any scans or anything like that done, and I didn't plan on having any Um until we arrived up at our new property and we were there for probably four or five days and I woke up in the morning one morning and um, I could just see the moonlight coming through our window 
and I put my hand down between my legs and I just could see blood. Like that wasn't even light in the room, but the moonlight was enough for me to see that I had blood all over my hand and that I was bleeding. Mm. Yeah. So, and did you do you feel like you knew straight away, or what what did you do from there? Did you go and have a scan to kind of see what was happening, or did or did you just know? Yeah. So I I got up. And, oh, I just, like, jumped out of bed. And my partner was awake as well. Like, we both just kind of turned. It was about 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was just like, oh, babe, I'm bleeding. And I got up and I went to the bathroom and I, like, passed two big blood clots. And I just, yeah, I just started crying. Like, I just, like, I knew. But then on the way to the hospital, my partner was like, what do you feel? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, what, what is your body telling you? And I was like, I don't know, even though I knew. Like, I definitely knew, but I was trying to not know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up getting, like, I passed two blood clots and then I got back into bed and I just started, like, I got on my phone and I was looking up things and um, I just was laying there and, like, my little one, my toddler was still asleep and got into bed um, with us. And then I waited until about 7.30 in the morning and I called the local hospital and I was like, look, I'm going to come in. I've just, like, lost a bit of blood and I'm feeling, like, quite stressed about it. Um, and she said, yeah, no worries, come up. So we jumped in the car. This was probably – so I've had some bleeding around 5.30 in the morning and this was probably about 8 o'clock. So Jacob dropped me there and I didn't want him and Koa to have to come in because, like, the whole – hospital thing and mask wearing and I was just like no don't don't come in like I'm fine I can can go um so we went in and I had an ultrasound and yeah the guy was doing my ultrasound and he wasn't saying anything and I just looked at him and I was just like you know like don't not say anything to me like you can tell me like and he's like oh I wish that I had some good news for you and and, um, yeah, he said, no, I can't really see uh, a heartbeat. And I said, okay, so what can you see? And he said, I can see the baby. Um, and then he asked me how far along I was. So at this point I was about 13 and a half weeks. And he said, okay, well, I can see a baby that's measuring eight to nine weeks. Mm. Um, which was, yeah, it was, um, I think by that point I, I did already know, like I'd, it was kind of just a bit of a confirmation. Um, so I saw the doctor. It was quite a quick ultrasound, and I saw the doctor afterwards, and he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, yeah, you know, I just wanted to get out of there, to be honest. I just And he's like, well, these are your options. And I said, yeah, it's all good. Like, I'll look into my options kind of thing. I was quite, I was quite abrupt at this point because I just didn't want to be in there. Like, I just felt like such a, like, not a homely space and, um yeah, I just wanted to be out of there. So he did say to me, you know, you can take, you can either take some medication to help move things along, otherwise you can go and um, go to the Grafton Hospital, which is like the main, um, like where I can see an obstetrician there and, you know, you can have a procedure to, to move, to, to clean things out. That's basically what he said to me. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, so insensitive, isn't it? So insensitive. <laughs> You're talking about your little baby who you've just been, who you've just, you know, you still have inside your body and you've just been growing for, mm. you know, 13 weeks, you thought. That's really hard yeah. to do things like that. 
Well, that's the craziest part about it all because it was straight away I just started thinking like, oh, it's happened like directly in the midst of our move and, you know, I wasn't careful enough and I've been lifting heavy things and just like all the things were like flooding through my head. Like, um. So anyway, I went out of there and um, Jacob and Cola came and picked me up and I was so sad. Cola was like crying like Jacob had told him and he was like he's three and he just knew like he's just so intuitive and he just kept saying my baby sissy my baby sissy I don't want another baby sissy I want that one the whole way home which was so heartbreaking um yeah so hard for you as well when you're you know you've only just found out really too and you're still processing and having to deal with your child's grief too yeah it was the hardest his grief was like the hardest part because he like we both knew and felt that it was a girl and he had been saying that since the start as well um and you know he just was referring to it to it as his baby sissy so the whole way home like just tears in his eyes and I was just just so heartbreaking um, but as, you know, young humans, they do tend to move through things quite, um, you know, with ease and he, like, didn't really say anything else after that time in the car on the way home. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we went home and started our journey of trying to birth our baby and do it in a way that was natural because I really didn't want to have to have assistance um so yeah basically I tried to go down the herbal route um and I saw all of a sudden we were hit with the fact that we'd moved to a new town and we were in a small town um I didn't have a doctor I couldn't get in to see a naturopath I had to travel like 45k to get to Grafton to get to a health food store um I couldn't get in to see an acupuncturist they were booked out for two and a half weeks and it was just all so intense because we were like, oh, like we've just moved. We've been here for four days and now we are dealing with the loss of a baby and we want to do it in a way that's natural that we can't get in to see anyone. Or, um, yeah, we just, I felt really alone at that point, to be honest. I was just like, this is not happening to me right now, but it definitely is. Um, mm. so, so, yeah, it was huge. Um, we were also living like with my mother-in-law at the time, so it was really nice to have extra help with Cola, but also huge because we're living in a space and grieving with someone else and grieving a baby. Um, so, did you have? Um, you mentioned that you'd already sort of engaged a doula. Was she able to support you through that process at all? So she was a mate. She has been, like, continued even till today, be amazing. Um, she wasn't actually there. We were going to be travelling, potentially travelling further north to be um, to birth closer to her. Uh, we are going to kind of meet halfway was plans that we had been thinking and talking about. But she has um, supported me from afar, which has just been so amazing to even have her support. So I was def- I was in contact with her basically straight away and, you know, she's sent me messages every day and care packages and just, oh, it's been, it was so incredible that I had reached out to someone that could hold me through that time from afar. 
Um, but also the fact that we didn't wait until 12 weeks to tell anyone that we were pregnant because so everyone knew that I was pregnant. So we were really honest with everyone, um, which was really amazing because that was the reason why I, you know, I didn't want to have that um, scope around that 12-week mark and not telling anyone to that point um, because, you know, if anything does go wrong, you want to be able to be supported and, um, held on that journey and not having to suffer in silence and just hide it up and act as if it never happened. Um, so I had I'd shared a lot about my pregnancy prior to that um, already on my Instagram. Um, so, yeah, we ended up getting in to see a, a naturopath up there and she ended up giving me some herbs to, um, yeah, help potentially move things along and I started to do some yoni steaming I was yoni steaming like twice a day um I was taking homeopathics like I was doing like I was moving my body I was doing all the things that I could do um for about two weeks two and a half weeks and then I just said to myself that like I just couldn't deal with taking the herbs anymore because they were tasted absolutely horrible and I just didn't feel like anything was happening and I just I just couldn't keep doing it anymore so I just stopped doing everything and I ended up coming past an amazing podcast on the medicine stories um, which basically was about a midwife that um, you know has worked with women for 25 years and she was basically talking about the medical system and you know like trying to induce a miscarriage um, naturally and just, you know, doing it in a way that is sacred but still with medical assistance. Um, so I ended up after, you know, close to three weeks of walking around and um, grieving a dead baby in my womb and holding um, that space within my body for this, this small human, I ended up going into the big hospital out at Grafton and I got some um, medication to help move things along. Mm. And in that time, were you kind of um, doing anything to sort of monitor your body to make sure that um, an infection didn't start or there were no complications? Or, yeah, I, were you um, being provided sort of advice from your naturopath about things to keep mm. an eye out for? So, yeah, when I when I left the, the hospital that morning after I had had the blood, the doctor had said to me, these are your two options, going and getting the medication to help move things along or the procedure. You're, you're okay to wait if you want to, but just make sure you keep your eyes, um, you know, eye out for infections. So I was doing that the whole time. And when I spoke to people, they would just say to me, like, oh, are you sure? Like everyone was really worried about me doing it in this way. But I was also listening to podcasts and um, listening to other people's stories where I knew that it, it could be normal for someone to wait up to two months for a pregnancy to release after it, it had actually ended. Mm. Um, so I was definitely, like, I was keeping out, like, keeping an eye on those signs and I felt fine and that's what was the hardest part about it is that I felt completely, other than the fact that I was grieving and sad and not feeling very motivated and energised to do anything. I just wanted to lay in bed for, like, two weeks. It was so hard. Um, but I just, yeah, I just came to a point where I just couldn't do that anymore and um, I actually knew that I was going to be coming back down to Newcastle because I've got had two birthing mums this month and I just 
yeah, said to myself, like, I just can't, I just couldn't go on doing it anymore. So I, um, yeah, went and had some, after like allowing myself to acknowledge that it was okay for me to accept some help from the medical system and that I wasn't a failure because I was doing that. So after the long wait of three weeks and finally deciding to go and and do that, I um, went to the hospital and had a really long nine-hour wait there to see an obstetrician just to get some medication to um, help move things along. And, yeah, I didn't actually know that they were going to give me the medication um, at the hospital, so they actually, like, insert it into the vagina there and then you go home and you have... um, Hopefully things kick off and you can birth at home. So after a long nine-hour day at the hospital, I um, I went through that process and I got my partner to set up a beautiful birth altar at home and I came home and we, yeah, set an intention together and I just really wanted the rest of the experience to be sacred and I just wanted to birth the baby in a way that was, you know, just gentle and nice. Um, so we ended up... Um, I ended up like laying in bed for a little while and within two hours I, my body started to, to cramp and I basically, yeah, I had a heat pack on my belly and just laid in bed for the first probably two hours of, um, you know, just kind of felt like tightenings and like contractions but in a different way, like they were very real, very real but probably not as intense. Um so I ended up getting to a point where I couldn't lay down anymore. Like they were getting quite um, quite full on. And I just remember saying to myself, like, I'm in labour right now. I'm having a baby. Like just because I've my baby is dead, it doesn't mean that I'm, like I'm still birthing. It's just an early birth. So I remember getting up and moving around the house and um, like swaying my hips and like really was starting to become a very embodied experience. And I started to feel quite sick in the stomach. Um, so I'd been going, this had been going on for probably like I had the medication around 9 o'clock at night and this was probably about in 3 o'clock in the morning, um, maybe a little bit later. And I ended up like hitting a point that felt like transition and I spewed everywhere and as I spewed everywhere, my waters broke like all into my knickers and I just remember saying to Jacob can you get a bowl like I definitely feel um like the baby's going to come now and I just squatted down over a bowl and our like beautiful little baby just slipped straight out into into the bowl yeah I didn't um actually think that I was going to see anything to be honest because I had spent the prior three weeks trying to think up in my head what it was going to be like and everyone told me something different Um, everyone said, you know, you'll just cramp and you'll lose some tissue. And others said, you know, you'll just gush lots of blood and actually didn't lose. Prior to that point, I hadn't even had any blood or anything. The baby just came straight out in like a tiny bit of fluid. Um, it was so gentle and so beautiful. And we just lay, we just sat on the bathroom floor and I like picked the little tiny fetus up and held it in my hand and she had the most like beautiful, I could see little fingernails and little fingers and like little googly eyes and like a little smile on the face. Like it was so profound and so real that I can't believe so many women go through this and it's just seen as like a missed, you know, a missed birth. Um, 
So after that, we ended up um, getting back into bed for a couple of hours and I woke up in the morning um, and I had bled the whole way through my knickers and into the sheets. And I got up and I said I need a bowl because I could feel something heavy was sitting there and I birthed like a placenta. Mm. Um, that was just so surreal and just so real and I didn't even think that that was going to happen either. So I had birthed a baby um, and actually got to like hold it and then um, a couple of hours later the placenta came out. Um, mm. And yeah, it just, yeah, it was so, it was like so wild and so real that it's such a huge part of why I want to share my story with others because I feel like so many other women, like so many women go through miscarriage and they are not at all supported through it um, in a way that can be um, really empowering and sacred. And yeah, I think putting, a lot of emphasis on the fact that it is a birth. It's just an early birth. Mm. Did you have, um, I mean, so, you know, I guess the idea that the, the two options that the doctor gave you, um, you know, is probably because so many women just want it over and done with and they and they don't want to see it and um, have to deal with it or, or to carry a dead baby around or anything like that. But did you have... Um, obviously you knew what you wanted but did you have any fear of seeing the baby or um, any kind of moments of feeling like you didn't want to look or um, or anything like that come up? Well I definitely I didn't feel like I didn't want to see the baby if anything I did want to see the baby but quite a few people told me that I wouldn't so I think in those like weeks follow like I had like Prior to the birth, I had three weeks of walking around knowing that the baby was was dead in my womb. Um, so I had time to grieve and I had time to, like, reflect and think and really sit with it all. So when I actually got to the point of birthing and making the decision to, to get some medical assistance but still birth at home in a sacred, beautiful way, I just felt so honoured to be there in that space. I just was, like... I wasn't, I didn't cry, I just, I was just amazed that, that that it was there and that my body had just done, like, had gone through a point of having, like, a transition and then, like, birthing a baby and it just all felt so, like, it just all felt so real. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we ended up, um, we had like the baby and the placenta and we kept them both in, in a bowl and in the fridge for a couple of days and I really struggled with having um, them in the fridge because I just felt this like really cold energy around that. Um, so after a couple of days we, we ended up going and, and getting a beautiful mulberry tree and we planted the baby, did a beautiful little ceremony up the back of our property and planted the baby in the placenta under a mulberry tree. Yeah, so beautiful. And it sounds like um, it sounds like you were able to do a lot of that processing before the birth and mm. coming to terms with what had happened and we're in you know, I, I don't like to say a positive place, but a sort of, I guess, a place of acceptance and reverence for for the life that was there for a very short time. 
how how was your kind of emotional recovery after the birth? Yeah, I definitely think that I had time. The processing during those weeks was a huge part of it and it was a very dark place. Like I definitely spiraled into quite a dark dark place and um yeah, a lot of people have said to me, Wow, you're so positive I'd never be able to be like, you know, you know, like that after this experience and I just feel like I've gained so much knowledge and wisdom um, from my body and from this experience and a lot has come out of it. Like a lot has come up for myself and my relationship and our family dynamic and I really think that um, yeah, the baby came through um, to bring things up that we needed to deal with and also to give me an experience that I can now relate to so many other women out there that um, do go through miscarriage. And, yeah, I definitely, after um, burying the baby, I felt like a huge closure because it really, the whole process, like it being such a drawn-out process, being able to return the baby back to the earth and the warmth, and I just... I could feel that closure close over me in terms of like, okay, like they've been returned now and now it's time to move on from this, not forget about this, but move on from this, share your story and, you know, help other women along the way and um, really honour women through through this, this part of their life. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. It's, um, yeah, real, real honour to, to hear that from you and... And so helpful. I mean, yeah, I guess in a similar vein to letting people know about a pregnancy so that you're surrounded by that support and and so that, you know, an early birth isn't something isn't surrounded by stigma or shame or secrecy. Yeah, so is sharing your story, you know, in in a public way like this for other people so that, you know, we can slowly unpick all of that together. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice to chat with you and um, reflect on both my my birthing stories, which were both just as um, yeah, special as each other, really. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Maggie. You can find more photos from her two births on my website, www.keepbirthwild.com.au or Instagram, keepbirthwild.podcast. You can also follow Maggie on Instagram at MaggieStorm underscore to see more photos from her work and family. It's a really beautiful account. I look forward to bringing you another episode next week.